This is a further contemplation and one last attempt to clarify the ability of scientific language to assume contradictions without harm, in fact, to its benefit. As previously contemplated, because of the duality of meaning in language, contradictions in language naturally occur, will always occur, and will always come back to haunt you. I got caught in it myself in the last episode when I used the word subconscious and repressed thoughts to exemplify the distinction between the ability of science to naturally assume and ignore contradictions by means of language, while, while non-scientific language cannot do so. If anyone was listening, hopefully you would have noticed that my example was inconsistent. The I of I am exists before thinking, so there must be some meaning to the word subconscious. I am, therefore I think. Thus, by my own philosophy of language, there is, an, there is an existentialist I that exists prior to the conscious thinking of the I. Yes, if this objection occurred to you, uh, you are correct. It is inconsistent. Since whatever I am occurs first, there is something existing before the thought that gives us or creates or is consciousness. Problem is, as with everything else in life, as soon as I want to talk about it, I must use reason and thus use words whose meaning is their usefulness. So I am stuck talking contradiction about unthought thoughts. What I should do is, whereof one cannot speak, thereof one must be silent. But I can't, because this is an important issue to contemplate. So, is there an I that exists without thought? Yes, there must be, since I am, and there is what I am not. And there is what I want, and all these necessarily precede thinking. Conscious thinking is the struggle between these three uh, elements or precedents that precede uh, conscious thinking. To make matters simple, we could use the word subconscious as a group word for the battle between all three of these precedents, and this group word's meaning will be a joiner of all three words' meaning, existence, the same as I exist. We can and do experience this pre-thought existence in many ways after the fact by event, events such as being in the zone or when solutions to problems appear only after we have stopped thinking about them. I admit that this existential meaning is a very unscientific concept. Unfortunately, it must be because the meaning of existential words is not their use, yet we must talk about them, but no matter how we talk about them, the meaning of this word subconscious and any other word identical to I am and its battle with the I am not and the will for power will be limited to existence. Once they are used for useful meanings in public language, they are no longer existential and contradiction is unavoidable. This contradiction would be harmless if kept to myself, but it becomes a serious problem when the powers that be try to make an existentialist word such as subconscious thought into a scientific concept and start arguing about whether it is chemical processes in the brain, electrical processes, quantum variations, or any other word having a useful meaning. These words, chemical processes, electrical processes, quantum variations, etc., are all useful words created from experience to predict future experience. Once they fail to predict future experience, these words can be changed or new words created to use this new experience to predict future experience. The contradiction that is the word subconscious could be ignored and it could be treated as a useful scientific word if science or anyone could use it in a theory that could be proven false in the same way that words such as dark matter, 
dark energy or ent entropy could be used, but it can't. No matter what happens, the word subconscious can never be proven false. It is in the same category as the nothingness of the awe of Buddhism or Hinduism. It sounds nice and makes certain people feel good, but that is it. Compare these words of the nothingness of the awe to the mathematical scientific word zero or the number zero. These words are a contradiction in which something is representing nothing. But this contradiction can be assumed into a theory and ignored because it can actually and practically be used to make predictions that can be proven false. It is not just talk for the sake of talking and proving one's existence. It has useful value from everything from counting apples to probability theories and quantum mechanics. The proponents of a scientific subconscious, no matter the results of any test, can always argue there is a subconscious element not seen by the test because it is subconscious. And thus a theory of a subconscious can never be proven false and is thus not a scientific word but more of a religious word in the guise of the uh, nothingness of the all of Buddhism or Hinduism. Existentialist words and the contradictions they create when placed in public language have some usefulness in the same way that fiction and illusion ha have some usefulness. usefulness. Often fiction and illusion are simply an expansive collection of existentialist words by which individuals try to give existential meaning to their lives or as a means to achieve truth, knowledge of truth, since public language is limited to achieving uh, usefulness. However, they are not science. Pseudosciences such as psychology that pretend to be a science by such words as subconscious and repressed thoughts are not a science and never will be. When used, a word such as subconscious remains a contradiction that cannot be assumed into any theory to the point of being ignored, such as entropy, dark matter, dark energy, or the concept of the number zero, because any theory using it will never prove the word false. Again, I am not belittling science, the rational and logical discipline of science. To accept its limitation to words that can be proven false is an amazing achievement. achievement that should spread to other areas of human thought, such as law, economics, and politics, but never will because it will limit their power. If you want a more detailed contemplation of this problem, I suggest any book by the philosopher Norwood Russell Hansen, H-A-N-S-O-N, particularly his book, Patterns of Discovery, an Inquiry into the Conceptual Foundations of Science. My concern is that science continue its achievements to the benefit of the working class, its present success is based on the antiquated belief that science reveals the nature of the universe and on its present successes in helping the will for power achieve control over nature. But can it continue such success as it ages and its weaknesses are revealed, such as its inability to prove why there is something instead of nothing? And would its inherent contradictions continue to pile up until one day they collapse, and when that collapse, it loses its power over nature, at least temporarily. What then? To what power will the brilliant minds of science turn? To the power of fascism or to the power of individual humanity? How can analytic philosophy help with these issues? Analytic philosophers can help in the same way that I have tried to help my own contemplation and reasoning from the last episode, by pointing out the inherent contradictions. 
the difference between existential words and pragmatic words, and most importantly, by pointing out and trying to avoid any confused use of the duality of words. That is, when non-scientific words having only individual existentialist meaning are falsely used as scientific ones for purposes of giving credibility to the powers that be and their demigods to, to achieve further control over us. Contradictions always come back to haunt you. In non-scientific fields in which normative intent and feel-good illusion is their way of helping the will to power, the contradictions should not matter and are harmless since they're not meant to be proven false by reality. They serve only to give an individual meaning for his life. However, such useless contradictions and existentialist contradictions become very harmful and dangerous when they claim the power of science or become demigods, such as arguing that worshiping evolution is a science, whereas worshiping intelligent design is not, whereas in reality they're equal illusions. In science, words have to work to achieve falsifiability, the ability to be placed in a theory so that the theory can be proven false. They are not intended and do not create existentialist truth. Scientists, as with all humanity, are often blinded by success in their will, will for power to the point of ignoring this duality of meaning and thus of ignoring harmful contradictions. It should be the job of analytic philosophy to bring science and all other attempts by language to achieve power back to reality and to the separation between the existentialist and pragmatic meanings of language. <laughs>